Bridge kids, you uh, may be dismissed if you are. We got a few in the room here. Excellent. We're going to talk about the skinny on prayer, but I didn't pick that as a title for our message today. Christianity 101 is what we've been talking about. So we're going to be talking about some basic things about prayer today. And, you know, I never feel like I have to apologize for teaching the basics because, you know, people know a lot about prayer. And, you know, sometimes people are just beginning to learn about prayer. But I find that sometimes people who have been a Christian a long time, know some of the basics, but they, they get off track along the way. So I'm hoping our time together is going to be helpful for every person here today. I first learned about prayer as a child. My uh, family kind of went to church once in a while. We did the thing. And uh, my first prayer that I learned was, Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Anybody else learn that prayer along the way? Okay, very good. Um, I prayed that quite a few nights growing up, and it was like a good luck charm. It wasn't very personal. It was just sort of a religious act. If I do this, maybe I'll be okay. Uh, Maybe... um, God will take care of me or something. Uh, Later, I learned a mealtime prayer from a neighbor. We didn't pray for meals at our house. And um, I thought this guy was probably pretty religious. And here's what I learned. Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest. May this food to us be blessed. And that sounded pretty cool to me, but I didn't ever pray that at my house. But when I went to his house, that was the prayer of for mealtime. Around the time of my confirmation, and probably a little bit earlier, I learned what was called the Lord's Prayer. A lot of you have learned that and memorized that. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And make sure I lead us not into temptation. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And I learned to say that. And we said it every Sunday at church, by the way. And uh, right when it got to a certain part in, in the prayer, the bell, the church bell rang, you know. What I learned to do is no matter where we were in the church service, no matter if I was thinking about the next baseball game or what I was going to do after school next week, I could stand up and do the prayer. I didn't even have to think about it. In fact, I could do the whole thing without thinking. Of course, that's exactly what Jesus said. Avoid vain repetitions, empty repetitions, saying things without meaning. I often quoted that prayer before I went to bed. I sometimes put the two together. Now I lay me down to sleep, and then I prayed the Lord's Prayer. And it seemed to me like a religious thing to do. Like the more I did this, perhaps the better off I would be. Um, I didn't know much about prayer. My prayers were not personal. Sometimes I would do prayers like when I got up to the free throw line in a basketball game, Lord, help me to make this basket. And I often didn't. And um, I really didn't begin to learn about prayer until I became a follower of Jesus. And I've shared many times, I was 25 years old by then. And through the years, I've learned about prayer. I've learned a lot about God. And I have learned to trust him with my life and my family uh, and everything that I have. 
And today I'm going to share some things that I've learned uh, along the way. Let me begin by asking a question. If you could ask God for a miracle and you were guaranteed that he was going to answer, what would you ask him? I want you to think about that. What would you ask God if you knew he would answer you? Would it be um, to change your health? Would it be to ask God to change somebody in your family's health? Would it be to ask God to change your job situation? Would it be to ask God to bring a prodigal child home? Uh, Would you ask God to change your financial picture? Would you ask God to bring a family member to faith in Jesus Christ? What would you ask? When you pray and you ask God for something that's very important to you, how long do you pray? Do you pray every day? How many days? Think about that. And if you don't pray every day, why not? So let's get back to the basics now. Uh, You have an outline in your program, and it's a little more detailed. The first question I want to talk about is, what is prayer? What is prayer? Many of you can answer very quickly this this answer. Prayer is simply communicating with God. Prayer is simply communicating with God. It's about talking to God, and it's about sharing with God what's on your heart. It's about talking about your needs and your desires and your struggles and your gratitude with the person of God. It is intended to be an essential part of a love relationship between God and us. Now think about this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. For God so loved you that he gave Jesus to die on the cross so that you could have a personal relationship with him. He loves you. You know what the greatest commandment in the Bible is? Love the Lord your God with all your heart. You see, God desires to have a love relationship with you, a close relationship, a personal relationship. That's the big picture. Whether you feel it today, whether you understand it today, God wants to have a personal relationship with you. He wants it to be very close. Um, Whenever there's communication, it takes uh, two people, doesn't it? It's two-way. It's not, communication really isn't just one way where you tell God what you want. It's two-way, two people involved. That's why it's a personal relationship. And God talks to me. Does he talk to you? God talks to me, and he shares what's on his heart, and I get to talk to God and share what's on my heart. Now, primarily, God speaks to me through his word. I don't hear loud voices. God tells me things like, Jerry, I want you to be kind. There's quite a few verses that say that. That he wants me to be gentle. That he wants me to be loving. That he wants me to be forgiving. He wants me to seek his kingdom first. He wants me to go into the world and make disciples for Jesus. He has shared a lot of things about what is on his heart. And um, I get to share what's on my part. I get to share about my needs uh, my desires, my hopes, my dreams. 
Secondly, on your outline, prayer is God's invitation to help us every day. It is God's invitation to help us every day. Think about this. God invites you to come to him in prayer. The problem is here, uh, you know, we Americans, we have learned to be self-sufficient and self-reliant and rugged individualists. We work hard, and if we, if we get into trouble, we'll ask God for help. But otherwise, we're not going to bother him. We think it's a bother if we make noise and try to get God's attention. And that's not uh, how it works. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16 says this. Are you guys starting to get cool? Some of you look like you're, you'd like this fan to be turned off. How many people would like this fan to be turned off? Some of you would? Let's try turning off the fan, okay? Thank you. Here we go. Hebrews 4, verses 14 through 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have the high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are yet without sin. So the writer of Hebrews is talking about Jesus who's gone on to heaven before us, and he is a high priest. The priest is the mediator between God and man, and Jesus is the great high priest. And he is the stand-in, the stand-between between God and us. And then, here's the invitation, let us then approach the throne of grace, because God is sitting on a throne in heaven, and we are to approach the throne of grace God's favor, that's what grace is, with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. God invites us to come to him for mercy and grace for him to cut us some slack and to forgive us and give us grace. Grace is his favor. Grace is what you need to get through your day. You need energy and strength that comes from him. You need wisdom that comes from him. You need help in making decisions that come from him. And he wants you to come because he wants to help you, okay? Um, I remember the very first time as a follower of Christ that I prayed out loud. I was extremely embarrassed. It was in our kitchen, on our kitchen table with my wife and my six-year-old daughter. They were both already followers of Christ. They could pray circles around the moon. And I had never prayed out loud other than a rote prayer. And it was extremely humbling. But I knew it was right. And I knew one thing that is if, if I intended to be a real follower of Christ, I needed to do this because I'm not going to have a sissy religion where just the women pray. And I could see that in Christianity, there are a lot of passive males. And so I knew I had to do this. And I just bowed my head and I just sort of, I I stumbled, but I thank God. I think I thank God for Jesus dying for me. I thank God for my family. And I thank God for the food. I said, amen. That was hard. I'm glad I did it. It was a start. And God is honored. That's one of the most exciting things After seeing somebody come to faith in Christ, helping them learn to pray for the very first time out loud. Parents, it's exciting to teach your kids how to pray and watch them pray and just be humble. God, you know, God is honored by childlike faith. 
He's not, try, he's not anxious for you to try to impress him. He just wants you to be simple and humble and say it, okay? Okay, secondly, what are conditions for answered prayer? What are conditions for answered prayer? Uh, first, we are instructed to pray in the name of Jesus. And my question is, why? We are instructed to pray in the name of Jesus. Now, after I became a follower of Christ and I heard people pray out loud, it seemed like when they get to the end of their prayers, they would say, and in the name of Jesus, amen. And I thought what they were doing was the point of all of that was just to put a period at the end of the prayer so everybody would know that they're done. And that's kind of true how we practice it sometimes, but that's not exactly what God intended. Here's what I've learned. John 14, 6. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except, except through me. Now, that's true of salvation. Nobody gets to heaven and have a relationship with God without placing their faith in Jesus Christ who died for them, and he's the only way. But he is the way we have any kind of access to God. He is the way we even have access to God through prayer. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. He's the bridge. That's how we got our name. He's the bridge. He's the go-between between the Father and us. He's the one who connects us to God. And he's the one who connects us to God in prayer. John 14, verses 13 and 14. Jesus said, this was the night before he was betrayed, I will do whatever you ask in my name. Now, that's a pretty big deal there. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. Do you believe that? What does it mean to pray in the name of Jesus? One thing in the first century that people understood very clearly is that when you, a name referred to the person and his character. And so to do something in the name of somebody, it needed to be consistent with that person and their character, not out of bounds. And so when we pray in the name of Jesus, we pray with what Jesus, who Jesus is, what Jesus is like, what is his character like. What, what are his priorities? What is on his heart? What is on his mind? And when we align our hearts with his heart, he wants to answer. He wants you to get lined up. That's what it means that Jesus is Lord and he, that he's your Lord in a personal way where I'm the servant and he's the Lord. Then I want to come under him and I want to submit to him. I want to follow him. And he says, ask. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. So when you pray, do your prayer requests line up with what you know about Jesus? Are you about advancing his kingdom or your kingdom first? Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven... It's talking to God. Hallowed be thy name. It's about God's name and about his reputation and it being holy. Thy will be done. That's about God. That's about obedience. Thy will be done on earth right here as it is in heaven. 
That's what we're after here. That's what, being a fully devoted follower of Jesus. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. His kingdom first, then my daily bread, my stuff, my needs. Aren't you glad you get way more than your daily bread? That God has provided for you way more. You are blessed to live in this country and be in this place. I don't deserve it. I don't think you deserve it. You are just plain blessed. So pray in Jesus' name. Um, You know, do we pray for things like, um, I want to be happy, I want to be rich, I want to be handsome. That's what I want to be handsome. I want to never suffer, you know? But if you read the Bible, I don't think that just totally lines up with seeking first the kingdom of God because a lot of people who seek the kingdom of God suffer and nearly everybody who doesn't seek the kingdom of God suffers too. So, um, okay. Next, we want to pray in Jesus' name. Uh, next, we, we must come to God with a clean heart. What does it mean? We must come to God with a clean heart. We've talked about the conditions for answered prayer. Now, Psalm 66, verse 18. David says, If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would have not listened. David's saying, if I cover up my personal sin and just sort of keep it to myself, and I don't, you know, God knows everything about me, but if I sort of act like my anger or my dislike of people or my personal thought life doesn't matter to God, the point is it can totally block my prayers. If I hide stuff, I can hide stuff from a lot of people, but I can't hide anything from him. And my prayers are just like shut down because of my own sin. Probably applies to you too. Um, so how do I have a clean heart? First John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us of all unrighteousness. We talk about this at Communion. Every month when we share communion that we need to confess our sins, that our hearts be pure before we share in communion. God wants us to have our hearts clean every day, all day long. And he's made this provision. This is a provision for followers of Christ so my heart can be clean. Uh, John knows we're sinners. He says it right before this. And he says, so this is what we do. This is the condition. If... The condition, if I confess my sin, he, that is God, is faithful. He's faithful to his word. He delivers on his promises, and he is just. He needs to uh, forgive, and he can't answer my prayers when I have sinned that I haven't dealt with. He promises to forgive me and to purify me from all unrighteousness. And when I am in that state, I am forgiven and clean. And God is anxious to hear my prayers. If I have sin hid in my heart, he doesn't hear. This is how I can stay clean. Now think about this. You can do this all throughout the day. I'm sorry to say that I'm not per- perfect. And I get angry. And I say things that I wish I could take back. And I get self-centered and self-focused and totally self-directed. And I have to say, God, I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? And God, I want you to control me. I want you to guide my life. I want to be filled with your spirit. And, you know, God likes us to do that. 
maybe several times a day. Now, sadly, what happens, some of the times we just, well, I'm doing okay. And you just keep going, you keep going, and you're not, you're just living your own life and your own strength sometimes without reflecting, making sure you're good with God. Maybe sometimes God doesn't answer your prayer because you haven't understood this before. Okay. How often, so question is, is how often do you confess your sins? How often do you confess your sins? I need to many times a day. And then um, here's what I need to know about prayer, that something that hinders my prayer. Even if I don't forgive someone, it hinders my prayers. If I don't forgive someone, Jesus said this, Mark eleven twenty five, And when you stand praying, and I'm guessing this applies if you're sitting praying too, but standing was one of the ways that they honored God when they prayed. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Because if you don't forgive, you've got something that's being an obstacle in your relationship with God. You need to be forgiven and cleansed so God can hear your prayers. Um, next, we must come to God in faith. This is a condition of answered prayer. may seem just really simple. We sometimes get confused um, by it. Matthew 21, verse 22. Jesus said, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Now, that's not like apart from everything else he said. That's why it's important to understand biblical perspective. You know, what does it mean to pray in Jesus' name? What does it mean, John 15, 5, to remain in Christ? And my word remain in you and ask whatever you wish and I'll do it for you. What does that mean? And um, Jesus is saying here, if you believe, you've got to come in faith. You've got to trust God. And whatever you ask for, uh, it will be given you. Um, When you pray, do you believe that God will answer you? Do you believe that God can answer? Do you believe that it is possible that God can give you what you've asked for. Sometimes we get the idea that, well, I believe that faith works for you, but it doesn't work for me. And it's just real simple. You're not applying the truth. You're you're saying the truth works for you, but the truth doesn't work for me. That you're special and exceptional. And you're, you're special, but you're probably not any more special than anybody else in the room. Um, James 1.6 says this, James 1.6, but when he asks, he must believe and not doubt because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. I believe it today. I'm not sure tomorrow. I believe it now. I'm not sure later. One of the great questions here is how well do you know the person you're asking? Do you trust him? Do you understand who he is, what he is like? Do you understand his patience and his grace and his mercy and his kindness? So how do we get faith? How do you grow in faith? Romans 10, 10, 17 tells us this. 
The Apostle Paul writes to the church at Rome and he says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Here's the deal. Your relationship to the word of God is a corollary to your faith. You cannot grow apart from the word of God. And by the way, God has designed proclamation of his word into the church since the first century. Preaching and teaching will not go out of style because that's an important part of the growth of your faith and your ability to trust God is going to be related to your relationship with the word of God. And you're going to learn through corporate teaching. That's part of the design God has given to his church. You're going to learn in small group Bible study because that's part of the design God has given in the church. And you're going to learn in personal Bible study. And your faith is going to grow as you understand who God is and how he works and understand more about how he loves you. One of the greatest, uh, some of you parents know this, Some of you have heard me say this. Um, I've learned so much about God by raising kids. Because I love my kids. I know they're not perfect. I never thought they were perfect. I want their very best. And I really cut them a lot of slack. And I try to help them every time I can. Um, God is like that in a lot of ways. He's just perfect. That's just... I am not perfect. Ask my kids. Um, So why should we pray? Why should we pray? Well, first of all, we pray to bring glory to God. We pray to bring glory to God. John 14, 13. This is in the upper room the night before Jesus uh, died. And he said, I will do whatever you ask my name. Are you starting to get that that's a theme for Jesus praying in his name? And whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father, we pray through the Son, in the name of Jesus Christ, who who gives us total access to heaven. And we ask uh, something that honors God, and He wants to answer, and it brings glory to the Father. It brings credit due to the Father. It makes God shine brightly. That's why it's important when we share about answered prayer that we share what God has done. It's not what I have done. It's not so cool because I pray. It's cool because what God did, and it brings honor to him. He's the light of the world, and uh, answered prayer puts out light that reflects back to the glory of God. So we pray to bring glory to God. We also pray because God commands it. I, I know you knew that. We pray because God commands it. First, uh, First Thessalonians five seventeen and eighteen. Pray continually. New American Standard says, "Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus." You want to know God's will for your life? There it is. Pray. Give thanks in all circumstances. And you're going to see that theme about giving thanks. It's gratitude, it's appreciation to God for what he's done for you when he answers your prayer. Pray continually. Well, how do you do that? You just go on your knees for 24-7? Well, you probably would not get any sleep and you probably wouldn't be able to do anything other than, but you can pray. Some would describe it as practicing the presence. You go through your day 
knowing that God is present with you and you talk to him throughout the day. And you can talk to him as a friend. You can talk to him about uh, what you're thankful for that he's done for you this day. You can, you can talk to him about what you need in the next hour. You can talk to him about wisdom when you're talking with people. You can talk to him about clarity and guidance. And sometimes you can just tell him you love him. That's called worship. And you appreciate him. That's called worship. Um, Billy Graham in 1982 went on the Today uh, TV program. And um, when, he, when he got to the studio, the producer went to Mr. Graham's reverend. He called him Reverend Graham. He went to the assistant and said, we have a room set aside over here for Reverend Graham to pray. And the assistant said, well, Mr. Graham will not need the room. And the producer was very surprised. And, you know, certainly a, a man of the stature of Billy Graham would want a room to pray before he went on TV. And the assistant said that Mr. Graham prayed when he got out of bed this morning. He prayed at, during breakfast. And he prayed uh, as we drove to the station this morning. And I'm sure he's going to pray throughout the interview. And that's a little bit what praying without ceasing is like. It doesn't mean that he prayed out loud for all those things. But he was talking to God uh, throughout that morning. We pray because God commands it. Colossians 4.2, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Devote. High priority. Put it at the top. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. There's that thankful thing coming in. And when you're thankful, really changes your attitude, really helps your attitude, really moves you toward contentment instead of discontent. But here's what I want you to see. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful. You should be on the lookout for answered prayer all day long. I think sometimes people pray and God answers, they don't even see it. They're not even looking. They went right by them. It, it didn't come out in flashing lights like they wanted it to. And so watch out for details and circumstances of how God works and he's, see that he's working in your circumstances. Watch for the answers. And if you, um, if you see that you have a personal relationship with God, expect God's answers to be personal. Uh, I remember one of the first times that God drove this home in my life was when we were in seminary, uh, we were out of food, and we often were, because we had this theory that we should pay all of our bills and groceries last. And sometimes that meant empty cupboards. We never missed a meal, though. I weighed more then than I do now. And um, so, you know, we would pray, and we would say, okay, God, we trust you. We know you're going to provide for us. Uh, Here's what we need. I remember coming home from uh, classes. Uh, Sue was at work and Tina was at school. And I came home from classes. There on our front porch was about five bags of groceries. And that's pretty cool. And, um, you know, I took them inside and I began to look at them. And, well, there were things, there were food, there were food that we eat. There are things that we like, you know. And then there was some clothing in there, and there was something for me, and there was something for Sue, and there was something for our daughter Tina, and it was kind of like all appropriate for us. Not only that, there was something in there for our, our dog. And God can be very personal when he answers prayer. 
Um, so uh, we pray because God commands it, and we pray to have fellowship with God. Thirdly, we pray to have fellowship with God. Uh, this is about having a connection with God. Fellowship means to share. It means sharing the life of God, sharing the life of Christ. We share in it. When we, when we talk together about spiritual things, that's a kind of fellowship we share. When we, when we do offering, that's a kind of biblical fellowship because we share in that experience. When we worship corporately, that's a shared experience in the body of Christ. Well, God wants to have a shared experience with us, fellowship. God wants you to do your day with him throughout the day. Proverbs 15, 8 says this, the Lord detests the sacrifice of the wicked. By the way, sacrifice, that's a religious deal. This is a religious person on top. The Lord detests the sacrifice of the wicked, but the prayer of the upright pleases him. God enjoys when you come to him in prayer. He wants you. It brings him pleasure. He delights in you, humbly bringing your needs before him. It pleases him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. It pleases him when you come in prayer. First uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 12. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. God is watching over you. It's like he's going over all the earth. Here are my people. His eyes are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their pray- prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. He, his ears are attentive. He's listening careful to what's on your heart. And he wants to answer. He's, he's listening. He's waiting. He's inviting you to pray. So why do we uh, pray? Because God commands it. We also b- b- pray uh, to receive answers from God. This is pretty practical. We pray to receive answers from God. John 16, 24. Until now, you've not asked for anything in, good heavens, there it is, my name. It's again. You've not asked for anything in my name. This is to his disciples. He's really kind of telling them there's going to be, we're in a transition right here. He's saying, fellas, and he's saying, things are changing tonight and tomorrow. After my death, everything's going to be different. Until now, you've not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. God wants your joy to be complete. When you're rightly aligned with him and connected to him, when he answers prayer, you're going to have joy. And by the way, he wants you to receive answers when you ask. He wants you to depend on him. So what does it mean to pray in Jesus' name? Well, should I pray about my marriage? Is is it, do you think it's God's will that my marriage, that my uh, love for my wife grow and that my marriage thrive and that it lasts a long time? Is it, you think it'd be good if I, you think God would answer that prayer? Sometimes people get the idea, well, I don't know if he wants my marriage to last or I don't know if, I don't know if he wants my marriage to get better. Well, of course he does. It's spelled out clearly in scripture that that's a desire of his heart. Um, should I pray about my parenting? Absolutely. God wants you to be a great parent. Um, should I pray about my family's needs? Absolutely. Everything about your family's needs, their emotional needs, spiritual needs, 
physical needs. God cares about every detail. How about my attitudes? Yeah, I better pray about my attitudes. It's God's will that I be humble and honest and truthful and loving and gentle and kind. My behavior, my actions. I can pray for wisdom. I can pray for guidance um, in decision-making. Hey, that's all God's will. He wants to answer those questions. Pray for a mate? Absolutely. Who is the person that you should marry? Pray for your children's mates. Who are they going to marry? We pray to receive answers from God. Matthew 7, 7 and 8. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. Send to him who knocks the door will be opened. Ask. Ask. Seek. Keep seeking. Knock. You know, I hear a loud knock at the door. Knock. Keep knocking at the door because you're going to receive, you're going to find, and the door is going to be opened. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything but in everything. Pray about everything. But by prayer, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, there is that thanksgiving again, present your request to God. The idea of they're presenting your request is be specific, be detailed. If you want a detailed answer, make a detailed request. If you want to be vague in your request, expect a vague answer, okay? Present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is one of the most practical things in the Christian life, that God would give us peace in the midst of stress, in the midst of anxiety and worry. God offers peace. This isn't like a theological declaration of peace in heaven. This is peace for your heart right now, and it's something you feel. And you can accomplish a lot of things and go through a lot of stuff if you can have peace right here at the core of your being. So how do I pray with confidence? This is the last thing. How do I pray with confidence? First of all, come to God with pure motives. Come to God with pure motives. James 4, 2 and 3. You want something, but you don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasure, pleasures. That sounds like personal conflicts. That sounds like those pretty normal people right there. When he says, um, you kill in covenant, I don't think he's talk, talking about physical murder there. I think he's talking, he's using that metaphorically, and he's talking about we hate people. We hate people with our eyes. We hate people with our words and our thoughts. And... Uh, we dishonor people, and we covet, we want stuff, and we cannot have because we don't ask. Sometimes we don't have because we just didn't ask God. We tried to get it ourselves, and we quarrel, and we fight. That's that inner tor- turmoil. Um, when you ask, you don't receive because you ask with wrong motives, because I wanted it to be about my kingdom and not God's kingdom. And so uh, come to God with pure motives. Next, don't give up on prayer. Don't give up on prayer. Luke 18, 1 through 7. Then Jesus told his disciples 
a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Jesus is going to tell a story, and here's what it's about. This is what he wants you and I to learn. Always pray, don't give up. Always pray, and don't give up. Here's the story. Verse 2, he said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in town who kept coming to him with a plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. Next slide. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Self, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, she's such a nag, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't uh, eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, so here's the deal. This woman, she comes. We don't know what the case is, but she just comes to the judge. And she comes to the judge. And she says, I want justice. I need your help. I want you to fix this. Please take care of this. I've been wronged. And she, she nags him. And she wears him down. And he gets so tired of her hanging out around him. He says, oh, all right, I give up. Here's what Jesus said. Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones? That's you who cry out to him day and night. Will he keep putting them off? What's it about? It's about praying and not giving up. Not giving up. What have you given up on? What have you prayed about that was important to you that you've given up on? Don't lose heart. Don't give up. Um, Sue prayed that I would come to faith for the first seven years of our marriage. Sometimes she believed it. Sometimes she wasn't sure. But God answered her prayer. A man named George Mueller, great uh, classic Christian who started an orphanage in England, prayed for many of his friends to come to faith in Christ. Some of them he prayed for over 50 years that his friends would come to faith in Jesus Christ. Every one of his friends that he prayed for came to faith. Two of them came to faith after he died. But he prayed, and God answered. Um, we've prayed for a lot of different things through the years. We've prayed about, we prayed all of 2007 where we would end up in ministry, and here we are, because God answers prayers, and it may not have been your prayer, but it was our prayer, <laughs> and uh, we've prayed for our kids throughout the years. I, I mentioned we've prayed for um, them to come to faith in Christ. We've prayed for them as they chose uh, directions in life. We prayed for their mates. We've prayed for a prodigal daughter to come back to the Lord, and she did. Right now, we have a, uh, a daughter that's separated from her husband, and they are in a major crisis. And we have a prodigal son-in-law, and we are praying. We believe God is going to answer, and we believe God wants to reconcile this family. But prayer is important. It's really, really important. So... How can I approach God with confidence? Last thing, your confidence in prayer is directly related to your knowledge of God. Your confidence in prayer is directly related to your knowledge of God. How well do you know God? 
Is your relationship with God sort of a casual acquaintance? Are you growing in your relationship with God? Some of you have an intimate relationship with God. One of the things that I found true is that you trust people that you know well and when you admire their character. You trust people that you know well and admire their character. You feel safe with them. I just plain trust this person. And that's how you should be able to approach God and get to know God. Psalm uh, 46, 1 through 3. The psalmist here knows God personally and is facing a very hard time. And here's what he says, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength and every pres- ever-present help in trouble. Do you believe that? That God is your refuge and he is your strength and he's an ever-present help in trouble. Can you count on God? Verse 2. Here's his, here's his testimony. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way, because life sometimes feels like that, and the mountains fall in the heart of the sea. It's like the end is coming, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake at, with their surging. That's kind of like a stressful period in your life, you know? Looks like everything's going to fall apart. And then we come uh, to verse 10. That was the psalmist speaking. This is God speaking. He says, be still and know that I am God. Sometimes we need to be still, to be quiet before God and spend time getting to know him so that we can trust him. Um, He has a plan. God's plan is going to prevail no matter what. And he has uh, intended that you and I be a part of his plan. He has included us in his plan. So prayer is about communicating with God. He invites us uh, to come boldly with our everyday needs. He has told us there are certain things that block our prayer requests before God. He's told us we just need to make sure we're spiritually clean before we come in prayer. He loves to hear your prayers. He loves to answer. So my question is this. What one thing are you asking God for? You're asking a miracle for? What one thing is it? Are you going to trust God to answer? Are you going to just, are you going to continue to come to God and ask and ask and seek and continue to seek and knock at his door until he answers. Let's stand and pray. Father in heaven, I just want to thank you for the privilege of prayer and that we have direct access to you and we can come boldly in our time of need and we can receive grace. We can receive your favor. We can receive answers. We can receive what we need. We can receive what we ask for. And we just say, thank you, God. Lord, grow our faith. Help us to spend time so that we get to know you through, uh, through teaching and through spending time with believers and hearing stories about how you've answered prayer. The time we spend with you personally, growing um, from the word of God. Help us to grow in our relationship Help us to learn to appreciate you so that we can say, we love you, God. Thank you for the privilege to know you. For Jesus' sake.
Amen.